right, let's dive into it. Happy Monday. We are coming to you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in Calgary, Alberta, for our friends at Doug Lacey's Basement Systems. Cracked foundation, bowling foundation walls. They have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They're all things basement-y. Visit them at dlbasementsystems.com. Along with you for the next two hours here on Sportsnet today. And lots to dive into on this Monday, September 11th. The Calgary Flames have announced the opening day for their 2023 Prospects training camp later this week. The Prospects hit the ice Thursday, September 14th. Getting set to get going at Winsport before they head to Penticton, B.C. for the Young Stars Classic. That training camp roster announced. We'll get into that shortly. Game against the Winnipeg Jets, Edmonton Oilers, and Vancouver Canucks all coming up Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of this uh, next Monday, excuse me, is when the game against the Jets are. So we will have Flames hockey to talk about very shortly. All three of those games, by the way, can be heard live right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan. Speaking of the Vancouver Canucks, they made news today. They have announced their new captain. Congratulations to Quinn Hughes. He's the 15th captain in Vancouver Canucks franchise history. We'll hear from Quinn in just a few moments after his introductory press conference in Vancouver a little bit earlier today. Plus, we'll dive into all things Vancouver Canucks. Our pal Big Nazar from Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver going to join us to talk about the obvious big news today. Quinn Hughes being named captain, what it means for the rest of the team going forward, and what the uh, Canucks are looking for uh, ahead of training camp in just a few days' time in Vancouver. Also, captaincy news in Montreal, not as far as the team's captain goes, but the assistant captains to Nick Suzuki announced today. Mike Matheson and Brendan Gallagher will wear A's for the Montreal Canadiens alongside Nick Suzuki, who enters year two of uh, being the captain of the Montreal Canadiens. So congratulations to Mike Matheson and Brendan Gallagher as well. And you can really feel that hockey is just around the corner. And who knows, will the Flames name a captain before training camp, like some of their uh, Canadian counterparts? Will we wait until training camp? We'll have to see, but it's a storyline we'll be watching, no doubt, as we get closer to another season of Flames hockey. Also, a good weekend for the Toronto Blue Jays ahead of their most important series of the year against the Texas Rangers. A 1-1. Hit in the air, out to center field. The hero of the day is Kiermaier offensively. He's underneath it, makes the catch to finish the ball game. Kevin Kiermaier delivers a solo home run that breaks a 2-2 tie. He handles the funnel out of the ball game. The Blue Jays' bullpen was phenomenal, supporting Jose Barrios and his seven superb. Ben Wagner on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Yes, the Blue Jays sweep away the Royals. Get to 80 wins on the season now. Record of 80-63 and 63 as they enter a key series against the Texas Rangers starting tonight from Toronto. A 5.07 first pitch with Chris Bassett and his 14-7 and seven record on the mound for the Toronto Blue Jays. Dwayne, uh, Dane Dunning counters for Texas. You can hear that call. Right here on Sportsnet 960, the fans, we get closer uh, perhaps to a Toronto Blue Jays playoff appearance. A win. Series win against the Texas Rangers certainly 
would go a long way uh, to securing a playoff spot when it comes to the American League wildcard race for the Toronto Blue Jays. Also had our first NFL Sunday in the books of this season. We've got a ton to get into when it comes to the NFL. We'll do an NFL roundup a little bit later on in the show. You heard uh, Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett on the fan check down a little bit earlier today here on Sportsnet 960 going through some of the big storylines. We had a shootout between the Dolphins and the Chargers. A blowout on Sunday night football. The New York Giants looked terrible. How about the Browns doing it uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals, making Joe Burrow look human for once? We got a ton to get to. Uh, it's been a busy weekend in sports. Happy to be along with you. If you want to chime in on anything during the show today, a quick reminder if you're listening live, the fan feedback line always open to you here on Sportsnet today. 960 960. Shoot us a text uh, when you get a chance, and we'll, uh, we'll dive into the text line as well as the show goes on. But let's start with the Calgary Flames. The news today for the Flames. Prospects training camp opens in just a few days. Thursday, September 14th, the prospects will hit the ice at Winsport before traveling to Penticton, B.C. for the Young Stars Classic. First on-ice session Thursday when the Flames practice at 10 a.m. at Winsport. Prospects then travel to Penticton where they'll play three games in the Young Stars Tournament. First place being uh, first game being Friday, September 15th against the Canucks. Saturday, September 16th against the Oilers. And finally against the Winnipeg Jets on Monday, September 18th to close out the tournament. A total of 25 players for the Flames will participate in Prospects Camp. Three goalies, nine defensemen, and 13 forwards. All the games will be streamed live on uh, Flames.com with Brendan Parker doing live color commentary. All three games also going to be broadcast, like I mentioned, live here on Sportsnet 960. The fans, some of the interesting names to watch for when it comes to the Calgary Flames at this camp. Some of the most recent draft picks from the Calgary Flames will be participating. Sam Honzik's going to be there. Uh, Jaden Lipinski, first chance for Flames fans to see him in Flames colors. Uh, Etienne Moran's going to be there. Jeremy Poirier's going to be there. William Stromgren is going to be there. Uh, but to me, the top of the list for Flames fans to watch for, no doubt, when it comes to prospect training camp, the Young Stars Classic, it is Matt Coronado who will be participating for the Calgary Flames. Just one game of NHL experience that came at the end of the season last year against the San Jose Sharks for Matt Coronado. But I'm curious if you feel the same way. What Flames prospect are you most excited to see as we head into prospects camp, as we head into the Young Stars Classic? You can let us know at 960-960. For me, it's Matt Coronado. I'm, in, I'm incredibly intrigued to see Sam Honzik as well because we've heard so much about these NHL tools that he has. Uh, this should be a tournament for him uh, to really shine against his peers if he is as far along as uh, some Flames fans believe he is. And then obviously, you know, first looks at Jaden Lipinski. Jeremy Poirier played a full season with the, uh, with the Calgary Wranglers last year and garnered a lot of praise. I'm expecting big things from him in these games. But the reason I go to Matt Coronado is because I think out of everyone on this list, and there's plenty of interesting names. There's guys that have been in the Flames system for a couple of seasons now. You know, for Matt Coronado coming out of college, he hasn't spent as much time with some of these guys, whether it be in the Flames system, whether it be in the American Hockey League. But I also think he comes into this camp with the highest expectation of any Flames player on this prospects roster because there are some that, you know, pencil Matt Coronado in for potentially a middle six role 
on this Calgary Flames team simply because, let's be honest, the two things that Matt Coronado has going for him, right shot and an excellent shot at that, those two things are something that the Flames lack at the NHL level. It's an automatic step up. It's an advantage for Matt Coronado heading into training camp. That being said, he still has to earn this. I think this is going to be our first indication for us to see Matt Coronado at this level. I think the Young Stars Classic, if Matt Coronado is going to be a full-time NHLer this year, the Young Stars Tournament, these should be games that he is incredibly noticeable in should be near the top of the list when you talk about the best Flames players night in, night out. Because let's be honest, he's playing against rookies. He's playing against the majority of players that won't be in the NHL this year. There'll be a couple that maybe see some time here or there, but I don't think there's anybody that we're talking about competing for the kind of spot that Matt Coronado is. Hanzik, very interesting. Obviously, he's a, a high draft pick from this team and what we think is a very deep draft. Uh, I know uh, Pat on Flames Talk has had the conversation about what can we expect from a guy like Sam Honzik heading into full training camp. Well, these are where those first steps get made. That's why teams come together for these tournaments is an early look to see what the summer was like for their players. This is a chance for these players to get a chance to get a good head start on training camp. And again, for a guy like Matt Coronado, who has expectations, it's not just come in, have a good training camp, and we'll see you around next time uh, around. This is a chance for him to come and win an NHL spot on this roster under Ryan Huska. He has to be a step or two ahead of everybody else to get that that early edge. Just because the Flames have said, look, there's going to be opportunities for young players, I don't think that means they're handing out roster spots simply based on age. I still think... Matt Coronado, Hanzik, whoever, whatever you want, we're going to put on that that list of young, exciting Flames prospect X, Y, or Z. Pelche's in that group as well. Poirier's in that group for sure. You know, any of those guys, yes, the opportunity is going to be there, but don't come into this camp and assume that you're going to be gifted that spot, especially for Coronado. Going back to that, you know, the right shot, elite shot that we saw in, in a couple weeks in Calgary, all of those things, of course they're important. Of course the organization wants to fill that void, and it would be great if Coronado comes in and, and takes that spot. But you don't want him coming in thinking that it's his spot simply because there's a need for that in the roster. You have to come out. You have to have a good prospects camp. You have to have a good showing at the Young Stars tournament. And it's not necessarily points or assists. That's not what I'm talking about. I think you have to see him doing the right things defensively. I think you want to see him obviously creating offense uh, as much as he can. I'm not I'm not so sold on having to see him put up, say, five goals in three games or anything like that. I'm not going to put a certain amount of points or goals on it for Matt Coronado. But I do think you want to see him shine through as, as the main guy because I, for me at least – and maybe you're different, and you can chime in on the text line, 960-960, if you feel differently. For me, when I look at this training camp roster, when I look at the, the prospects camp roster, I should say, uh, and getting ready for the Young Stars tournament, he stands out to me above the rest as people that I'm interested to see and also that I'm expecting a lot of when it, when it comes 
from the uh, the Calgary Flames prospects. A couple of texts at 960-960. Again, if you're listening live, feel free to chime in. Um, this one says, uh, I thought regular training camp started on September 15th. That's why the draft cutoff is that day. I, I, I can't comment. We haven't heard anything on exactly when training camp starts, but this is when uh, things are starting for the Calgary Flames. Prospect training camp starts uh, Thursday, September 14th at uh, Windsport. Uh, this one says, curious to know why Sunniev isn't at rookie camp. I, I can't provide anything as to why players are or aren't on one. Some of them, it'll be, you know, getting ready for school. Uh, if they're heading to NCAA camps as well, that sort of thing. Uh, cool to see a couple of Calgary hitmen there as well. Tyson Galloway, uh, Oliver Tulk. They were part of development camp earlier on in the summer. They'll get a chance to shine at this tournament as well. And this text from Mike and Killarney. Says Wolf, uh, I'm always going to be curious with Wolf until he's got the NHL net full time with or without the Flames. And yes, Dustin Wolf will not be participating in the Young Stars tournament, but for sure is going to be someone to watch when it comes to Flames training camp uh, and what happens to, uh, you know, the goaltending situation as a whole, where we think Dustin Wolf is potentially a step ahead of the American Hockey League at this point after the last two seasons he's had. Are they comfortable going with three in net? Does he have a strong enough training camp uh, to force that decision on on Ryan Huska, Jordan Sigalet, and the rest of the Flames decision makers? Dustin Wolf for sure going to be in. Mentioned uh, a little bit earlier as well, the Vancouver Canucks naming Quinn Hughes, the 15th captain in franchise history. Uh, takes over from Bor Horvat, who was traded to the New York Islanders in January. Massive part of the uh, Vancouver Canucks for the last couple of seasons. I uh, finished the 2022-2023 season with a career-high 76 points and was an assistant captain last year. Let's take you to Vancouver with the announcement of Quinn Hughes as the next captain of the Vancouver Canucks. We're thrilled to announce uh, Quinn Hughes as the 15th uh, captain of this uh, franchise, Vancouver Canucks. Um, significant milestone here for the team, signifying the change of the leadership uh, and uh, the identity of the team. This is just not a reflection on Quinn's exceptional talent on the ice. It's also a reflection on him uh, off the ice and his uh, leadership qualities. Uh, We're very fortunate to have several players, including Petey, JT, and Demko, that easily could have wearing the C. It's not about one guy, it's about the team. Um, this was a collective uh, process. Uh, Rick Tockett, the coaching staff, the hockey operation, um, Jim Rutherford and the ownership uh, were on board with this, and uh, they're excited about Quinn Hughes as a captain here. We wanted to do this to have a fresh start in training camp with a new leadership group, um, building off the momentum from last year when Rick Tockett came in. So that. That's the decision for making this announcement here today. Well, just for me personally, um, you know, you, you made a great decision is when, like like I said, you got um, the guys over there, JT and Petey and, um, and Demer, how excited they were when we told them. Um, and like I said, he could easily have been one of those guys, and uh, Quinn knows that. Um, <clears throat> what I was impressed with Husey is um, last year when I came in, just his love for the game, how his teammates um, 
you know, he, he, he mixes with everybody. I think that's as a captain, you mix him with everybody. Um, he's not, he, he said some uncomfortable things that he had to say, you know, uh, if, if something didn't go well or if he had to, you know, even put himself out there. Um, you know, I, that's why I really like this leadership and, and, and Huggy, they're not afraid to say something to me. Um, that was important to me of making that decision. Um, so for me, I'm just I'm excited to have uh, Huggy as our, our captain. Uh, he's got all the qualities. He's still learning, which is great, um, and he's going to need the support from all of us. And um, you know, like I said, you know that the, the leadership group is excited that he's here. That really made me happy too. And they're being here is is a big, you know, a big feather in our cap to have these guys here with uh, with Huggy. <clears throat> yeah, and I just want to thank Mr. Aquilini and the entire Aquilini family, um, Michael Doyle. Jim and Patrick and the coaching staff for um, trusting in me and having the faith in me. And uh... So Patrick Alvine, general manager, the first voice you heard of the Vancouver Canucks, Rick talking, then a little bit from Quinn Hughes there. Let's hear more from the newest captain of the Vancouver Canucks, Quinn Hughes, after being named captain on this Monday morning. I guess for Quinn, first of all, what does it mean to you and, and sort of how do you take all this in being the captain of uh, an NHL club and an NHL club in Canada? I mean, uh, it means a great deal to me. Um, I think you hit it on the head there, especially being in a Canadian market. I mean, when I moved here five years ago and started playing for the Canucks, um, I knew right away what a hockey market it is and um, how important hockey is to the city and um, the market and the people in Vancouver. And so to now be the captain, it, it's uh, an incredible honor, something that I never even dreamed of. And um, I'm going to try my best. Would you describe yourself as a leader or your style of leadership? Yeah, I think that um, I'm never going to be the loudest guy in the room. I'm be a guy that hopefully can um, be a leader through his work ethic and, um, you know, in the games. And as time goes on, I'll learn, learn, learn more and more about myself and um, being a leader. And I feel real confident walking into this because of the coaching staff and the management I have with me and the people behind me. And um, as you see, with Millsy and Petey and Demmer here just uh, means more than they could know to, to have them here with me. And for me, I think uh, this isn't just the end of learning. This is just the beginning. I'm going to keep learning and, um, you know, keep learning from Millsy and uh, Petey and Demmer and different guys in the room and the coaching staff. And I've had a lot of good mentors and different leadership and people I can lean on through, through the years. So, like I said, this is just the beginning for me, but... Um, yeah, I'm hoping, obviously, to be a great leader. I think I will be. Last time a Canucks defenseman wore the C full-time in Vancouver, Kevin McCarthy did so from 1979 to 1982. He was a first-round pick, seventh overall in the 2018 draft by the Canucks, 241 points in 283 career games. We'll chat more about this decision from the Canucks coming up next segment with Bick Nazar from Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver. But... Sort of bringing it back to the Flames, I think the most important thing I took from this learning experience, hearing from Patrick Alvine, the GM of the Canucks there, and why I wonder if the Flames don't go down a similar road is, you heard Patrick Alvine say, look, we wanted to get this out of the way and we wanted to get this done before training camp started so there weren't these questions and we didn't have to go through this for, for Rick Tockett. And I wonder if it's not a similar narrative here in Calgary where they do decide to do it before training camp so that Ryan Husk and the rest of the coaching staff don't have to listen to idiots like me come in questions with, you know, have you made more steps as towards who the captain's going to be? Maybe it does take time in training camp, but 
I wonder if it isn't just an unnecessary story that they want to have dealt with ahead of training camp starting. Again, I don't think it makes much of a difference. It's a, it's a slight distraction if it is one at all, waiting to see who it is just because it's been such a long time and it's become such a big storyline and we know they're going to name a captain. We're just sort of waiting on, on the who and when of it all right now. Maybe this team does want to give Ryan Huska one less thing to focus on in his first training camp as an NHL head coach and they go the same road as the Vancouver Canucks and name a captain before it all starts. Do I know that for sure? No. Would it change anything if they waited until the end of training camp? I don't know. Probably not. Maybe it's a chance for Ryan Husk and the rest of the coaching staff to see how this locker room operates, and that's part of making the decision for them. Quinn Hughes has been around for a long time in Vancouver. Most of the leadership group that he mentioned there with, with JT Miller, Elias Pedersen, those are guys who have been longtime parts in that locker room and haven't Seen a lot of change over this summer. It was a pretty quiet summer overall for Vancouver. Um, so maybe it's a slightly different decision than they have one to make here in Calgary. But I, I am curious the decision whether it's going to happen before training camp or whether it's something that the Flames wait on to see how everything works out in that locker room. Like we mentioned, we will chat more about the Vancouver Canucks coming up in just a few moments. Uh, Quinn Hughes, the 15th captain in franchise history, coming up later on the show. Uh, we'll have lots of football to talk about. Obviously, week one, uh, just about finished in the NFL. we got a good Monday nighter tonight between the Bills and the Jets, but the first Sunday is in the books. Lots to get to. We'll do a little bit of an NFL recap coming up an hour or two, plus a checking on the Calgary Stampeders. They're on to a bye week, but we got to look back at that disappointing result on Saturday night against the Elks as the Stampeders give up 18 points unanswered in the fourth quarter to fall in the Labor Day rematch against the Edmonton Elks. Patrick Dumas will join us a little bit later on to chat about that. But we'll take a break, come back on the other side. Quinn Hughes, 15th captain in franchise history for the Vancouver Canucks. What does Bick Nazar think about that, and what storylines are we watching for the Vancouver Canucks as we head into training camp under Rick Tockett? That, as Sportsnet Today continues around the corner, here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. Rolling on an hour one, Sportsnet Today from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. Quick reminder, Toronto Blue Jays baseball on your radios tonight, 507 first pitch. They open up a key series against the Texas Rangers. Of course, listen here on Sportsnet 960, the fan, or watch it across the Sportsnet television network. Also, Monday Night Football to end off week one. Should be a great game. It's the Buffalo Bills and the new-look New York Jets. Josh Allen taking on Aaron Rodgers. It's the first time to see Aaron Rodgers in a regular season game without a Green Bay Packers uniform on. Looking forward to that one. Kickoff set for just after 6.15 Calgary time. We'll dive more into the NFL story from a full Sunday slate of games. In hour two, from tight games to blowouts, a lot of blowouts to some upsets. Week one had just about everything you could expect. So we'll dive into that a little bit later on as the show goes on. But right now, very happy to go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. The news of the day across the NHL. The Canucks have named Quinn Hughes as their 15th captain 
in franchise history. And whenever we talk Vancouver Canucks here on Sportsnet today, there's only one man we trust. That is our pal Bick Nazar from Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver. Bick, happy Monday, pal. How are you? I'm good, Logo. How are you, man? I'm doing great, pal. Uh, look, I apologize. I'm sorry to bring it on a tough day. Ends all the speculation that you were, in fact, next in line to be the Canucks' uh, next captain. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that you didn't get the job. I- I'm surprised my campaign made it to Alberta. <laughs> Yeah, Lower Mainland and Alberta, the two places where Big Nazar was was uh, heavily heavily in the polling for Canucks captaincy. I guess, uh, what did you make up for, uh, for the decision today? I know Quinn Hughes' name has been out there for a little while, but they make it official today. Yeah, and, and certainly something that, you know, a, a role that he's not gunned for, but grown into over the course of a couple of years, actually. Um, you know, that there's a... A moment a couple of years ago where Tyler Myers is referenced near near the end of the season or at the end of the season, Quinn Hughes kind of spoke to the players, um, and you can just see him starting to grow up. Right, he's still so young. I think that's the thing that's you know about today. He's one of the youngest captains uh, in Canucks history, and it's it's taken a little while to, to to get here, but this is kind of the the culmination of even going back to an off season where Chris Tanev, Jacob Markstrom, Troy Stetcher, Tyler Foley all leave. Part of the reason I was somewhat okay with it is it provides the opportunity for Elias Patterson and Quinn Hughes to start growing up and start filling the shoes that this organization needs. They need them to be their best players. They've done it on the ice. Obviously, some fantastic numbers for Elias Patterson breaking 100 points. But Quinn Hughes, you look at some of the numbers, he's statistical profile. Like He's putting up numbers next to Leach and Orr and Coffee and all these guys. It's stunning progress on the ice. And now this is a reflection of that off of the ice. At 23 years old, he's uh, the 15th captain of the Vancouver Canucks. In your mind, what would have put Quinn Hughes ahead of the other candidates, especially the Elias Pettersons and the JT Millers? I, I think first and foremost, like he's he's shown a willingness to want to do it, and not that you know to say Elias Pettersson would be a bad captain. I think it was uh, a rare instance where they had two good choices here. And wherever they landed on, it was going to be fine, and everyone on the team would support it. But there have just been more moments of Quinn wanting to step into that last little limelight ahead of uh, some other guys. Now, there's still an emotional level that I think JT Miller will still have a huge role in this. Obviously, it's reflected in that he got a long-term deal as well. But um, you know, Quinn is a bit more of a reserve, quieter type, and JT uh, is, you know, has been since he's arrived, a um, bit more of a vocal player in the locker room. So it'll still be by committee like it is across you know 31 other teams in the NHL but in in moments when you know something has been called for um Quinn Hughes has been the one to take the microphone at the end of the season uh, addressing the crowd in the final home game it was Quinn addressing the crowd uh, other moments and you know when when there was discussions about pride night and other things it was Quinn Hughes standing up for this uh various other topics so it, it's it's kind of been obvious for 18 months, 24 months, but uh, now it gets made official. When you listen to Quinn earlier today uh, talk about being the captain and not only being the captain in a Canadian market, you think it, it makes Canucks fans feel a little bit more at ease with the decision, knowing that that's something that played into his decision-making for sure was understanding that, hey, there is a little bit of a difference being in a Canadian market and having to deal with, with media on an every-night kind of basis, that that was something that Quinn had clearly thought about and was willing to accept when this offer came to him? For sure. And it mirrors something Rick Tockett has been harping about as well, just about the pressure and, you know, A, being in a Canadian market, but also the pressure to win. And Rick Tockett's, 
no tenant uh, and talking point throughout the course of the summer and since he's arrived has been meet pressure with pressure. There's no sense in trying to shy away from it because it's not going anywhere. You're a professional hockey player, and at the baseline, you're expected to win. Then welcome the pressure of the fans' demands and having to deal with all that and obviously with the media scrutiny here in Canada. But there's no sense in moving away from it. Why, why run away from something that's going to persist as a reality? You want the rewards of playing in a Canadian market? That comes with pressure. And seeing his comments today, which is not different from anything – that we've seen from Quinn throughout the course of his career here in Vancouver. He's been willing to embrace challenges, making some challenges for himself as well, but he's risen up to all those uh, as well throughout the course of his career. And the one that always stands out to me is that he had a very rough plus-minus year uh, a couple of years ago, and he was very adamant that like this is not the type of player that he wants to be. Obviously, everyone sees the offensive flair, but the North Division year, you know, he was a dash 24, and that was not something that he wanted to see reflected on his score sheet. Mm-hmm. Now, it's taken two years, but he's gone plus 10, plus 15 the past two years. The defensive play has improved a great deal. Obviously, he's been featured in the PK once Bruce Boudreau arrived as well, carried over a little bit with Rick Tockett, and now suddenly starts getting some Norris recognition as well. Not up there in the top three, but starting to get votes for that. So it's, you know, that's the sort of stuff that I think people look at and say Quinn has always risen to opportunities. So when it comes to playing the Canadian market and embracing that, uh, certainly uh, goes in stride with everything he's done so far. Also wanted to ask you for me, when I heard uh, Patrick Alvine speaking at the media conference today, it sounded like to him, the biggest reason for making this decision today was to get this off of the plate of Rick Tockett heading into training camp. Was that noticeable to you as well, that they wanted to have this situation dealt with so that when it comes to training camp, the focus was what's happening on the ice and how this team can get better under this coach? I love it. Absolutely love it. I thought maybe this would happen closer to the regular season and you go through a bit of a training camp process. I love that this is done and dusted. This isn't deal or no deal where you have to like build the suspense of this and do this big gender reveal party or something like that. Just we know what's going to happen. Yeah. This club needs to focus on bigger things like winning hockey games. So you don't need to do the pageantry of here's this big captain reveal and buy your tickets for the whole opener. You, you know what's going to drive people to the rink? W's. And this team has been in short supply of that a great deal. But boy, have they put on a bunch of specialty nights and a bunch of uh, here's this old uh, alumni that has come in. Come by and, and check it out. This team needs to focus on getting wins. So the fact that they get this out of the way and everyone's on the same page before training camp, fantastic sign by the organization. It's just a, a, a box check that they're being more serious as an organization, that you didn't need to play this out. You didn't need to drum this out. You didn't need to pull the wool over everyone's eyes of how to drum up interest. Just do your job. Focus on October 11th versus the Oilers. Big Nazar along with us from Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver. Uh, speaking of, as we get closer to training camp, I guess, what's the excitement level been like? I know in Calgary, we've noticed uh, a pretty seismic shift in excitement, even for you know the Young Stars Classic coming up in your neck of the woods there in Penticton, uh, and training camp right around the corner for us as well. Have you noticed the same thing uh, in Vancouver the last couple of weeks as we get closer to an NHL season? Yeah, it happens. Everyone uh, gets back from summer holidays and Labor Day passes. And I was like, all right, football's back and hockey's back and people getting ready for young stars and, and training camp. And uh, the players have all shown up uh, in Vancouver now and, and getting ready for uh, their their charity golf tournament that happens in a week's time. So uh, the things are going to pick up a, a lot for fans as well. But a lot of this is still some uh, muted uh, 
enthusiasm because I think there's a, a, a ton of people that just want to see Poop's concept. They, they've, they've said a ton of great things since Rick Tockett has arrived. And again, they performed admirably, albeit in a fruitless cause near the end of the season. But there's still this unwillingness, I think, from fans to want to jump two feet in until they actually see it translate to actual progress at important times in the schedule of the season. If they start slow again, there's going to be a bunch of people that said, I told you. And I think there's a preparation even from the team that that might happen. And there's no excuses anymore. Not that there were last year, but they created an environment that was not set up for success. And this season, for fans to want to sign on and say this is actually trending in the right way, uh, they're, they're ready to do it, but it has to translate with wins immediately. Uh, with all due respect to the to the Teddy Blugers and the the Ian Coles in Vancouver, is it fair to say that that Rick Tockett will share a, a fair amount of the spotlight in training camp, knowing that it's his first with the team and that the team didn't really make any? Uh, again, with respect to those guys, they're, they're noticeable mm-hmm. acquisitions, but they're not maybe what some would have expected. I, I would wonder if Rick Tockett doesn't how he handles things for training camp isn't going to be one of the bigger storylines when it comes to watching this Canucks team over the next couple of weeks. It's a great point, and it, it, it goes in contrast with what uh, Patrick Alvin and Jim Rutherford talked about last year when talking about Bruce Boudreau. Like, even go back to the end-of-season um, media availabilities uh, for Rutherford and Alvin. They were very adamant that, hey, we want to see a, what a training camp looks like with Bruce Boudreau. And they mentioned a great deal throughout the course of the summer leading into training camp. Hey, this is an important time and standards and habits were not met or created at training camp last year. And obviously you saw how that translated to the beginning of the season and, and really uh, the, the Canucks season. So when you build that and say, hey, the training camp is a big deal for us, that standard should apply to the next coach as well. And so there is a lot of focus uh, from fans and certainly within the organization as well as to what training camp looks like. There's no evidence as it stands right now that, it's going to look like last year, but a lot of people are keeping their eyes on uh, Rick Tockett as the developer of what this season looks like. Because again, they, they plugged a lot of holes and they did a, a lot of intelligent moves of not a long-term contract commitments and, and the right types of moves with Susie and Cole and uh, Bluger and P.U. Suter. But the star of this offseason, uh, what they've been building is A, one, the, the Philip Ronick acquisition last year, but also Rick Tockett. This is your chance to imprint your identity in the team and how you translate this to wins. Last one on the Canucks. Uh, if there was a player of the new group that you're most excited to see as training camp comes around in Vancouver, who would you point to, Bick? Uh, I, I still think it's Philip Pronick. Like We just saw four games, and he was coming off a shoulder injury, and it wasn't exactly the, the height of uh, serious hockey that, that we saw. So starting the season when everyone's fired up, it's not like the NFL, right? Like these guys play preseason, they're ready to go, and there's not a lot of sloppy play. Like the adrenaline is going early on in, in, in the start of the season. So I think for a lot of fans, Philip Peronik is going to define uh, if this regime is actually turning a corner and pushing towards progress. It's, it's, it's Philip Peronik of, of what he can do. Is he going to feature on the first power play at all? Because um, there's a, a chance to maybe be a, a shot there as well. But what role does he take up? And, and certainly um, he has some penalty killing prowess. Uh, this team needs to have some success in the penalty kill. And it, what, what does he do uh, on that unit as well? 
Uh, excited to chat more Canucks uh, hockey with you as the season goes on. But before I let you go, i got to get a couple NFL ones in. First Sunday in the books. And, uh, man, that's a tough one. I know you guys focus in on the Seahawks uh, a lot out west there. And that's the second half to forget for them against the L.A. Rams. Uh, how did you come away from last night's loss against the, uh, the L.A. Rams? So I think we're probably... I don't know. I don't know if we want to say underestimated heading into this season, but I would say most people probably had the Seahawks as a, a favorite heading into uh, a home game against the Rams to start off the year. It's the the NFC West Bermuda Triangle where the Rams always play the Seahawks really well. The Seahawks tend to play the 49ers really well, and the 49ers always play the Rams really well. And those three teams, just Bermuda Triangle, just it, it, it always fumbles because those teams and, and Sean McVay continues to get one over on Pete Carroll. And I, I, I don't say I can't wait till Aaron Donald retires. Like I have to wake up every <laughs> divisional game and just like, seriously, again, Aaron Donald doing it again. And you know, the two tackles go down and it was just a disaster of a second half performance with, I think one first down, it was not an encouraging sign. Um, I, I do think the Rams were maybe a bit overlooked. Like Matt Stafford looked healthy. Sean McVay is a fantastic coach, and Eric Donald exists. So they, they have some strong pillars. And, and the big thing was Matt Stafford was incredible yesterday. It, it, he just looked much cleaner, much healthier than what we saw last year. Um, and, and it showed out, making Puka Nakua you know, quite the star yesterday. So uh, some warning signs for sure, but – you know, Seattle's got some time to figure it out. Uh, and, and once they get to full strength as well with some health, uh, you'll see a better version of the Seahawks, I think, emerge. And we got an interesting one to end off the week. Uh, the New York Jets version of Aaron Rodgers makes his debut tonight. What's your uh, excitement level for a Monday nighter between the Bills and the Jets with seemingly uh, two competent quarterbacks going head-to-head? It's... Is everyone ex- as excited to see what this New York Jets experience looks like on national TV? Because I'm pumped, man. I, yep. I'm not. I'm, I'm by no means a fan of, of what the Jets are. Um, I'm. I kind of think they've been overblown here. But I'm ready to see it on national TV. I, I'm so thrilled that they put this on Monday night. It wasn't tucked away amidst of uh, a bunch of uh, Sunday morning kickoffs or something like that. Let's throw it out in prime time. Let's see what this looks like against a marquee opponent in Buffalo as well. I, I don't think the Jets are. Um, as up to it as the hype has been this offseason. So I think there's a chance they, they fall flat in their face, and they certainly have a very difficult schedule to, to start the year. Buffalo, Dallas next week, New England, who played really well defensively, KC, Denver, and Philly to begin the year before a bye week. Like I think there's a chance they go 1-5, and five, and I don't think it's going to be pretty. And uh, I, I, I like to see uh, – car crashes on, on on national tv so let's see what it looks like tonight <laughs> looking forward to it as well man uh big appreciate the time no it's a busy day for you guys uh have yourself a great show we'll chat again with you as soon as we get closer to hockey season pal anytime take care big nazar joining us down the atlas beach and sports bar guest hotline from sportsnet 650 in vancouver quinn hughes named the 15th captain in team history and look a, a pretty quiet off-season for Vancouver as a whole compared to what the regular season was. If you remember going through last season with us here on Sportsnet Today, Bick uh, was a regular on this program, and we had Canucks news to talk about every week from the coach to this guy's getting traded, this guy's not getting traded, this guy's upset, this guy wants to be so It was insane, and we thought we were going to see all these moves. We wound up getting a Paul Horvat train, thought this was going to progress into the offseason we thought maybe we would see a JT Miller trade that never happened now he's solidly part of the leadership group in Vancouver going forward 
uh, with Quinn Hughes as the captain. There were questions about Thatcher Demko's future, and really nothing happened this offseason. They brought in, okay, Pia Suter. I think that's a, a nice find. Teddy Bluger gives you a little bit of depth there in your bottom six for sure. Uh, Carson Soucy is okay. Ian Cole's a, a decent depth part. I still don't love their defense as a whole outside of Roenick uh, and Quinn Hughes on a night-to-night basis, but it was way quieter in Vancouver than I think anybody expected it to be given how loud the regular season was, and that culminated in missing the playoffs again. So who knows? Maybe turning it around and switching it up is going to be better for this team, but I don't know how much they've improved or how much they've changed from a group that already missed the playoffs last year. And look, it's going to be a massive talking point from now on. What happens with Elias Pettersson? He is an RFA with Arbrights heading into next year. He's in a contract right now that pays him $7.35 million. He scored 102 points last year. If he is anywhere near that pace again, the Canucks or anybody will have to pay up huge for Elias Pettersson. And who knows, maybe he wants to go down a similar road to Austin Matthews and say, hey, look, I only really want to commit three or four years, and then you know, when I'm closer to 30, I'll, I'll reestablish the, the market. I'll relook at the market again and see what's out there for me at that point. You wouldn't blame him, but I mean, it's you're talking at least, if he's near 100 points again, you're talking at least into the double digits for, for Elias Pettersson. I think that's at a minimum. If not, maybe closer to 11, 12 minutes. That's just going to be the going market for a guy who can play as your top center at 24 years old coming off a, a season that saw him score 102 points. So for the Vancouver Canucks, as quiet as it's been, it feels like in in any at any moment it could suddenly shift and we could read right back talking about this team on a weekly basis with some kind of news that, that's not involving what's happening on the ice. So good for them today. I think Quinn Hughes is a very solid choice for, for captain for this team. He's invested long-term in this group. He's, uh, like Big mentioned, one of the youngest, or he is the youngest captain uh, in Canucks history, but he's played uh, a whole lot of hockey already for them. He's been a solid member. He's kind of been the quiet, unofficial captain for Vancouver in a lot of ways the last couple of years. I think it makes a lot of sense, given the situations where, look, I don't want to say JT Miller's disliked by by some, but I think he can be abrasive for some. You obviously don't know what's happening with Elias Pettersson. If it came down to those three names, I think this was far and away the easiest choice for the Vancouver Canucks to go with Quinn Hughes as the 15th captain in team history. We will take a break. We'll come back on the other side. That's a wrap on hour one. We'll jump into hour two. Lots of football coming your way. We're going to start with a Stamps report. We're going to chat with Patrick Dumas. A really heartbreaking loss for the Calgary Stampeders up the road in Edmonton on Saturday. And the path to the playoffs is as difficult to map out now as maybe it's ever been under Dave Dickinson and John Huffnagel. So we'll chat some Stampeders. Plus, week one NFL recap. Sunday slate of games is in the books. We've got a Monday nighter tonight. We'll look back on Sunday Go back through some of the biggest upsets, some of the stunners, all of that as Hour 2 is next. You're listening live here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. 